0: Modern Art Podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving artists who are winding the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Ragland, and for today's episode, let's get nice and cozy and maybe get a little bit of an inside scoop to an incredible animator providing a fantastic piece of indie animation. Today's guest is Nico Calaleo, an animator and editor that has worked for the likes of Disney, Nickelodeon, Netflix, and more while producing his own indie animated series, Ollie and Scoops. Nico was such a cool connection to have uh and to bring on this podcast. Uh once again, thanks to the wonderful Tipsy J Hearts for being able to bring another fantastic guest. And the conversation that me and Nico had was really fantastic and really insightful more than anything else. Like, I'm sure you'll see this when you actually listen to the podcast, but you can genuinely tell the love for animation Nico has. Um And if that's something that you truly love and appreciate, then you're definitely going to love this episode. If you enjoy our guest for the evening, make sure you support him with the links down in the description below. Especially catching up on Ollie and Scoops. There's only 10 episodes so far, but it's a fantastic watch. I guarantee it. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. You know I see that stuff and you know it warms my heart. If you want to go a little further with that support, maybe you should consider checking out the fantastic merch shop that we have on fourthwall.com, which the link to that will be in the description below. We have some fantastic streetwear done by some fantastic artists that have previously come on the podcast, and I think that you sincerely would look amazing in it today. And look, if all you want is a nice, cool, casual place where you can meet some incredible artists... Share your work with others and just have a good, fun time. Maybe you should consider joining our Discord server, the Artist Sanctuary. We've already developed an incredible group of people that I love seeing their work every single time they share something. And I think you'd be a fantastic addition to that group today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, doing good. Uh I always like keeping busy, so nice uh working through the weekend, which is nice. Right? It no, doesn't feel a- like work. It's all you know, it's all cart. it's all working on a cartoon, so it doesn't feel like work at all.
0: <laughs> that is a very valid point. Like if my <laughs> if my job was to work on cartoons all day, I would probably be in paradise <laughs> more than anything else.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness.
0: Uh, uh, what's the name of the podcast again? The Postmodern Art Podcast. Mm-hmm. As well as, if you want, afterwards I can send you like links and stuff so you can like keep sure. up and figure out when that uh, stuff is is gonna go up. I'm gonna let you know right now. I have it planned that this episode is gonna be the last one of the year, December 28th. Um, okay. Yep. So, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, I've had you know, a wide range of guests. And it, it, I, it goes without saying, I'm honored to have you on this podcast as well. Thank you for taking the time to do this seriously.
1: Sure thing, My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I got to thank tipsy in the first place. Cause she was the one that made the connection. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness, I just, just out of curiosity, how did you and tipsy like get in touch with each other? Was it like, was she trying to pitch like the, her, uh, like, short idea or did she just like just reach out and be like hey i
1: think she just um she just reached out on twitter on okay. dm yeah well, that works i should have
0: known that i could have done the same thing <laughs> but that, <laughs> that that that's why i appreciate her sometimes she's the one that like takes initiative on guests that either i've like thought about or never would have even considered having on the podcast beforehand so yeah. i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad that she made this connection we can make this a reality um because trust me, especially looking through your back catalog and going through some of the stuff again. I did not. I like part of me is like, oh, wow, he's incredible. Part of me is like, oh, God, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm down to get right into it. All right. All right, Nico, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accord. just just you alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. You get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit. With accommodations, you're not stranded on an island. It's like a little Airbnb in the middle of nowhere, uh, more than anything else. To help make sure you don't go completely insane on this island, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help whatever kind of headspace you want on this island. If given this opportunity, what would that
1: one piece be? Ooh can i give i uh, like it's a it's a it's a tie between simpsons okay or looney tunes or possibly um venture brothers
0: ooh <laughs> each Each one of those good for their own reason, more than anything else. Those are all really good answers. Like, is there any particular reason why those are the ones that, like, first come to your mind on why you would want to, like, just spend more time watching those?
1: Um, Looney Tunes, because it's probably my biggest inspiration Mm -hmm. animation-wise. Simpsons, because I think they're uh, the best writing in terms of writing. Um, And then Venture Brothers... Uh, I think it's the best at world building and um, character building. Uh, yeah, different reason for each one.
0: I mean, and uh, like, three unique shows, three unique reasons. I mean, there, honestly, any one of those answers is not a wrong answer. I mean, more than anything <laughs> else. But regardless, either The Simpsons or Looney Tunes or The Venture Brothers, that is your answer. You're locking that in.
1: It's tough to uh, pick. One of them, I would have to say all three, if, if if um possible. If I guess if I had to choose, um probably probably Looney Tunes has the most content. They have a thousand shorts. That
0: is true. That is I'll extremely make it true.
1: In Thirty years, so yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, I would, I'm very lenient with the rules, all right? Like, if you wanted to yeah. say all three, like, you'd go for it. But also, like, I also get where you're coming from, especially with the Looney Tunes from, again, the, the early start of it to what we have nowadays with, so, you know, a few characters and a few people voicing it that you may or may not know. But we'll definitely get to that later. But, um... <laughs> but... Regardless, those are all incredible answers, and honestly, a wonderful way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome everyone, I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Um, Feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Uh, You can get some incredible merchandise at the shop, go to, uh, check the link in the description below for our fourth wall shop, and... Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Postmod Art Pod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> he is an animator, editor, and art gallery curator who's worked with Disney, Nickelodeon, Netflix, DreamWorks, and more while producing his own independent animated series, Ollie in Scoops. Welcome to the podcast, Nico Colaleo.
1: Come on down. <laughs> Thank you so much. Great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, like I said before, it is a pleasure to have you here. Obviously, like even just going through that little bit alone, I don't think my introduction does enough justice for just the incredible (laughs) work you've had, both Working in the industry and helping out on the independent animation scene, like it's truly an honor to have you here to talk about. Thank you, Ollie and So much fun.
1: I'm not even 40 yet. Who knows what's gonna happen in the next 10 years? Oh
0: my God, you made me feel. Oh goodness, I did not even realize that. I wasn't even asking for age, and you said that. I'm like, oh, oh my God, you were you were doing a lot, and, and you're not even like, wow, goodness. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Uh. Um, I don't know if. Uh, I mean, I. I I don't know. I guess the whole point of this is to toot my own horn, but I just got nominated for an Emmy a couple of weeks ago. That's um, right. I'm really excited about that. Um, the awards uh, are in a week, but by the time this podcast comes out, um, it will have already passed. So, you know, I don't care if I win or not. To be nominated is such an honor. So, um, you know, I'm happy either way look as as
0: someone that was nominated for an award ceremony recently thank you to the 2023 toonies I, I get that whole entire honor of at least no. being nominated along among so many incredible people like just to say that like you you were in like the same class as such and such or like you no. you're up for the same reward that some of the shows that you even mentioned beforehand like have won and deservedly won and so the fact that you're even within that league it just blows your mind more than anything else and I will obviously let the people know in, in the true True intro whether or not you actually won that emmy but you know i got my fingers crossed yeah. for you more than anything else
1: thank um, you thanks so much <laughs>
0: but before we discuss the stuff that you're doing nowadays especially the reason why you got that emmy i want to go back just a little bit and learn more or less the origin story of nico what got sure. you interested in art and animation in the first place
1: I I grew up watching cartoons all the time. I I remember my mom, my grandmother, uh, every birthday or holiday or whatever, uh, a lot of my presents were always like VHS tapes, Tom and Jerry cartoons, Looney Tunes, Popeye, Betty Boop cartoons. And, uh, you know, this was also the 80s. So there were old cartoons uh, much more often on TV, Mm -hmm. uh, especially compared to now. Um, So, yeah, I just always grew up watching them. And then, um, you know, perfect age for who framed roger rabbit when that yes. came out really kind of set the uh you know animation coming back in a big way um uh and then into the 90s obviously with the simpsons and then all the steven spielberg uh you know warner brothers shows tiny tunes animaniacs freakazoid all that good stuff so yeah just um oh and obviously nick tunes and yeah. you know ren simpy and rugrats and all that rocco and um yeah just um I think I, I think it was just a really <laughs> really helpful to be an '80s and '90s kid that uh, you know just grew up with it around me all the time. So um, as far back as I can remember, I've, I've been into animation, um, animation and film. Uh, I went to school for film, uh, but um, I I guess I just landed in animation once I was uh, here in LA. Um, I just knew more people had more friends um it was the the plan was always to get into either film or animation so uh thankfully one of them worked out
0: absolutely i mean it... I I I just gotta say, for me personally, like I grew up more or less in the 2000s and like early 2010s or whatnot. So a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, like I was able to still absorb it like secondhand, Mm -hmm. like in reruns and stuff like that. So believe it or not, you're still speaking to my childhood, especially like especially (laughs) those Steven Spielberg animated stuff, like like you had said, you know, the Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, Mm -hmm. Freakazoid, which I don't think people talk enough about. Like goodness. Mm And, and like obviously,
1: as I was growing up with those shows, it seemed like the shows were being made as uh, for, to appeal to us as we got older. Because, uh, the youngest, you know, Tiny Toons, I, I guess you could kind of consider that to be like maybe aimed at the younger audiences of those, yeah. Shows. True. And then, like, as I got a little bit older, then like Animaniacs kind of grew up with me, and then Freakazoid is like. Freakazoid, I, I can't really see, like, little kids being into it. it. Like, if you're a teen or an adult, like, it really hits a lot better, that show. <laughs> it, yeah. it so it's like the shows were growing up with me as I grew up.
0: That, that, I mean, yeah, especially with those shows. So, I'm wondering, like, obviously being absorbed to such amazing stuff, like, both past and present at the time, and developing that love almost instantly, when did it go from just, like, a general love for animation to a passion and then wanting to make it your career?
1: Well, um, uh, this it ties in also to film, but um, uh, my brother and I, we would always just always, always, always have our parents' video camera. And growing up would just, you know, make silly shorts, uh, stop motion films, uh, playing with our Star Wars action figures and do little stop motion movies with them. That's going really far back. <laughs> but um, uh, once I graduated high school, we actually had a public access TV show uh, called, we called it Happy Hour, and it was half an hour episodes of just a bunch of our short films kind of all meshed together into a half an hour, uh, you know, slot. So um, uh, making all those shorts and comedy bits and sketches and stuff, that really helped me learn everything. Writing, editing, you know, even acting and uh, directing and everything, Uh, camera work and... Um, uh, that's when I started editing, uh, and I just, i I love all aspects of it, but editing, I really fell in love with because you can just, you can, you can film something amazing and totally ruin it in editing, or you can film something terrible and make it great through editing. So, uh, editing can really make it or break it. And, uh, I just, that, that, the, the power that editing has, it just, I don't know, it really spoke to me and, um. I mean, at this point, I've been... I, I, I started editing i started learning editing through that show happy hour and that was early 2000s so it's i've been editing for about 20 years i guess yeah um and, uh, i'm just, i'm not tired of it i still love it you know so <laughs>
0: i mean it's certainly it's certainly something though i i i do have to criticize one major thing about what you said right there all right sure. you said that the show was called half happy hour but it was only half an hour that's only well, a- <laughs> well,
1: yeah some epi- the, the, the the first couple episodes were an hour and then Oh. Uh, it just a lot of them were just taking too long and we're like well we can either have them be an hour but only make like an episode a year or change it more to 20 or 30 minutes and get a lot more good stuff out so okay. yeah I, 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 uh, that is the irony is not lost on me we definitely <laughs> thought of that at the time. <laughs> actually I 60 minutes only a, only a few of them are but whatever <laughs>
0: Well you know, at least there was some that was true to its name and the rest of it, yeah, you know, you, know, you can fix in editing, right? Um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which speaking of, like, believe it or not, like whenever I was first uh doing my research on you like the editing aspect of it was not the thing that i was expecting to really delve a lot into but whenever i did my research i was just amazed with how much you've had a hand in when it comes to the editing aspect so like you kind of illustrated it a little bit but i kind of want to like know on a more in-depth layer because i'm also a person that went to film school as well i went to Valdosta state university in south georgia um didn't get the degree yet, but I got you know a few more classes to go. But like I, you know, I've made short films and stuff like that. I've been through that entire process and editing. I'm sure you can easily test this. It's something else, like you kind of illustrated beforehand. But like, what is it about editing for you that just like you feel the most comfortable in? Like, is your true comfort zone?
1: That's a tough one to answer because it just it just comes naturally. Um... Uh, I, I mean, the, the best is when I'm editing something and it's like I'm actually laughing at what I'm editing or even crying. I've worked on a couple shows. Uh, it, it took 20 years, but um, the last couple shows I worked on, they had some really emotional moments. It was like, wow. I mean, like if I'm tearing up while I'm editing, you know, adding in the muse, the sentimental music and all that stuff that they must be doing a good job. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, just. You know, I always think of editing like a puzzle, and it's you're getting all the pieces and you're just, you know, putting it all together. Um, I love taking all these little things and where where it's nothing yet and, you know, building it and making it something. Um, That's always been the most appealing part to me. Um, It's definitely a journey to create uh, something through editing. And, um, you know, depending on whether or not you're making a comedy or a drama or whatever, it's all the same. And... It's, it's it's fun and and I got also uh fortunate because editing in film and animation it's the same techniques and its the same programs and everything so um you know but, uh, thankfully i could I, it didn't matter what uh one I fell into animation or film uh, I would have been ready either way with the editing experience I had so. I'm thankful for that too.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially the the shows that you've been able to have a hand in when it comes to the editing aspect. I mean, I, I'm just gonna briefly run through some of the the ones I was able to highlight. But you've had a hand in editing such shows such as Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Warrior, uh, Pig Goat Banana Cricket, Pickle and Peanut, Star versus the the Forces of Evil, Kid Cosmic, Storybots. Like you've had a hand in some incredible shows and incredible animation, like. I, I, I'm genuinely curious, like, I can only imagine how the editing process is like for you, because I know at least for me, like sometimes depending on what the project is, it seems like infuriating at first, but like the more you start to like carve away at stuff and the more you really like get to the vision that you either you want to be or what it needs to be, like it becomes more and more like rewarding the further it goes along. So back to the original point, like what is the editing process like for you when working on anything like this, or the shows you work on?
1: Well, when you mentioned uh, a ninth grade ninja, that was the first show I worked on. That was for Titmouse. It was a Disney show, but it was at Titmouse. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, that was the first thing I. That was the first animation, uh, pr- uh project that I edited on. Before that, it was just my public access uh, show, and the live action stuff. So uh, it was daunting at first. Um, but you know, I slipped right into it. It was fine. I found that uh, editing animation. Um, It really helps to, uh, uh, this probably sounds obvious, but it really helps to have grown up just watching cartoons. I mean, if I'm working, you know, most of the stuff I work on is comedy. Mm -hmm. So it helps to uh, watch cartoons and just have that comic timing. Um, I've, uh, I'm not going to name names, but I've worked with other editors who really didn't watch cartoons or really weren't animation fans and when they got to editing animation just like their you know their timing was slow and 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 yeah i would try to help them and give them pointers and stuff and they just wouldn't get you know they wouldn't progress or or get any they just couldn't really catch it um and i just found like you know like i think watching all those cartoons all those years just really kind of helped (laughs) <laughs> my timing and, and 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 to you know put it all together uh you know a couple frames can make all the difference sure. um that's what Chuck jones said about you know roadrunner and coyote cartoons and stuff like that um so yeah um I've, I've. I hope that answers the question. Uh,
0: I think. I think it more answers the question. Kind of get the the idea of like obviously like as someone that appreciates this stuff, you kind of have that headspace of like you know how you want it to play out how it should like flow yeah. in the way that it should for either a comedy or a drama or whatever kind of like series that you're working on. I'm genuinely curious. Again, I ran through a good list, and Lord knows how many I've, others that I've missed or whatnot. But just off the top of your head. I'll ask the negative one before I ask the positive one, but what what has been more or less the most frustrating like either part of the job or most frustrating job that you've had just because like you weren't anticipating the test that you were given when you signed up?
1: That is gonna be tough to answer because um, well, I can't really be too negative on some of these because no, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: um, I'm just afraid of someone that worked with me hearing that I listened their show is, uh, you know, the most negative one I you know, thankfully I have not had too many negative experiences in my 13, 14 years in the industry so far. Um, there are definitely shows that I like better than other shows. Like, um, I'll just say, you know, Kid Cosmic off the top of my head because, uh, I you know there there are a few shows I worked on like Kid Cosmic where I'd be like you know what I would totally watch this even if I didn't work on it um it's you know it's that good it's it's right up my alley it's something that I like right. um you know I haven't loved every single thing I've ever worked on but you know it's never a bad experience because it's still you know a paying job and uh you know how, how wrong can you go with that um uh other shows um you know that i really i mean i, I i've liked something about every show i've worked on right. um there's a couple that have just been you know i guess the only negative thing i can say is that like it maybe was just maybe a little bit more difficult maybe because of the pandemic or um right. like that you know um i have worked with um some sh- directors and showrunners that uh have um also kind of also been editors and they've kind of jumped in and edited with me and it turned out to kind of be confusing or a little counterintuitive uh because there was you know too many cooks i would would just say uh and you know sometimes it's just like hey like you know leave me to the editing i'm the editor you know that's valid that's um
0: I mean I think yeah,
1: you can, i, I think- jump in and you know edit a little i mean uh, I think- edit on their own and I would have to be like oh what w what what'd they do or <laughs> what they you know I gotta catch up with what they did or whatever. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's,
0: I mean, I wasn't anticipating you to like straight up be like, this was the worst experience I've ever yeah. had. Don't want, like, <laughs> I, I, know, was disp- I, I, I just can only imagine that, like, like you were saying, like, whether it be like a, a weird communication thing in one way or another, especially with the pandemic times, like that could have been like a really infuriating, you know, part about it but, I me mean, at the end of the day, like the fact that, like you were saying with shows kind of like, you know, Kid Cosmic and such, the fact that you've had a hand in some of these shows and really bring it to reality, I can imagine that has to be some of the most rewarding part about being an editor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... There's lots of rewarding parts, but um, I mean, this is speaking also from my personal work, like uh, All in Scoops or um, uh, my DreamWorks TV series Too Loud, is when uh, when you see that the show all put together and an audience is watching it and they're laughing and and, and enjoying the stuff that you know I wrote and I worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the best feeling ever. <laughs> it's the best feeling in the world. You know, lots of rewarding parts during the process, of course. Oh, yeah. But uh, when everything is said and done and it's all finished and the work is on the screen and you see people enjoy it, especially children, uh, that's just the best feeling.
0: Oh, i can only imagine now aside from your personal work and trust me we will divulge a lot into that in a second but out of all the 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 stuff that you've had a hand in you know the shows you've been able to work on do you have a personal favorite show or personal favorite moment that you had a hand editing and you can look back and be like this is incredible no matter if i was the one that did this
1: yeah i'm trying to think of all the shows I've worked on. Um, Again, Kid Cosmic was great. Um, Piggo Banana Cricket, while it didn't have, it didn't really resonate with viewers or fans, it was still a really fun show to work on and probably the best crew I've ever worked with. We're just, you know, because every show in this industry, every show you work on, you're meeting another 60 to 80 people that work on that show. So you make a lot of friends and you know a lot of people. And, um, you know, there's there's okay crews, there's really fun crews, and then there's great crews. Um, and that's what's uh, another really special thing is uh, when, you know, you just meet that crew where, like, you become friends with almost everyone there. And uh, that was definitely Piggoat, uh, Banana Cricket for Nickelodeon. That was just like one. And, and, and Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja. Um, both of those especially, I think, were just like there was a crew that, like, you know, a lot of a lot of crew members, a lot of people kind of go their separate ways when mm-hmm. once they're all done on the show. But those are still uh, people that I keep in touch with. You know, every day, all the time. Good. Um, uh, yeah, and and those are you know, two, uh, Pig Goat and uh, Randy. Those are my first two shows. So you know, even thirteen years ago, I'm still I still you know talk to them all the time. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great getting to meet so many great people and. You know and, and and uh i feel pretty fortunate that in 14 years i've only met like like four jerks maybe five. <laughs> considering you're meeting about a hundred people per year true, on per show, true it's not bad you know four or five jerks not bad at all no. so it's not bad. at all.
0: I I wanted to say real quickly when it came to to big goat banana uh, sorry pig goat banana cricket. I believe this is not the first time that show has been brought up on this podcast because if I remember really? I, <laughs> if I remember correctly a previous guest I had way back like episode thirteen. The guy's name is Joe Horn. I don't know if that name even remotely rings a bell yeah. to you. Yeah. I was going to say, I've had him on the podcast and I believe he worked on the show for, and he had brought it up. And I know my buddy, uh, Jay, like, cause I had him as part of the episode. He got super excited whenever we, he, we brought up that show because that was a show that he loved. So yeah. Oh, cool,
1: good. Oh, Hey, well that makes one of us. No, no, I know they didn't, it didn't do very well. So, um, I liked it, but I, I loved how it looked. Um, I'm a huge Dave Cooper fan. Dave was like, uh, you know, the the whole show looks like it's in his style. Um, he's a magnificent artist and I was a big fan of his before pig goat ever, ever became a thing. So to, you know, be on that show and work with him, it was, you know, Really yeah. cool. I and, liked it.
0: And obviously, considering all the years that you've worked in the industry, the fact that, like you mentioned at the basically at the top of the show, that you're being at least recognized for it with getting an Emmy nomination not too long ago. That has to be like surreal more than anything else to realize that you the, the, yeah. the stuff you had a hand in is being recognized to points where you could potentially have a statue sitting in the background somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very surreal. Uh, the Emmy, incidentally, was is for Storybots, mm-hmm. uh, which I was on, you know, the last year or two uh, at Netflix. It's been a while since I've been on it, but uh, yeah, um, the Emmy was for editing on Storybots, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. (laughs) Fingers
0: crossed. Fingers crossed. Again, if you win, I will find a way to like edit an edit Emmy on your like counter right there. From this (laughs) point, from this point of the podcast onward, there will be an Emmy just (laughs) poorly edited in the background right there. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You can just Photoshop it right here.
0: (laughs) There you go. Perfect. Your hand is the perfect indication of that. I'm
1: I'm a stressor there.
0: (laughs) Fingers crossed that I actually get an opportunity to do that. But again, like as incredible as to work on this stuff in the industry and stuff obviously you know as as surreal and incredible it is to work on these other projects i could tell from the start especially talking about the the happy hour that you started working on in, in, you know, high school and college and stuff that, you know, you had a hand for your own creativity. You wanted to bring your own stuff out there. Now, your first opportunity to do that was, well, I don't know if it's the first opportunity, but at least one of the first big opportunities you had was working with DreamWorks TV to bring out this incredible series known as Too Loud. Now, for those that might be curious and may have never heard of this before for some reason, how would you describe Too Loud?
1: Um, it's, uh, uh, five minute YouTube shorts back when DreamWorks TV's YouTube channel was actually showing animation. Um, and it's, uh, you know, when, when, when I, when I, when they asked me to pitch it, you know, these were really simple five minutes max for kids. So really, really simple stuff. You know, so um, I came up with three ideas. Too loud was the third one, and I just pitched it as uh, a a teenage brother and sister. They work at a library, um, but they have abnormally large heads and faces and mouths, which makes them really clumsy and the two loudest people in the world. And of course, they're librarians. So hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensue. That's 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 the bare bones, uh, you know, simplest way to describe it. And uh it it was it went really well for them. They we, we had two seasons, sixteen yeah. episodes total, and uh that was great that was a great time.
0: Like it had to be incredible even thinking that at least have the opportunity in the first place to pitch an idea to to DreamWorks, to to bring it forth uh more than anything else. Like how surreal was it for you to have an opportunity to even pitch a show?
1: Very surreal. Uh I mean uh I, I uh I was um it was like it was like a friend of a friend of a friend who was the producer at, at dreamworks since then we you know obviously we've worked together and we're friends now but um yeah they reached out to me and they was like hey you know nico you're a creative guy you know we'd love to hear some ideas uh that you might have for you know again simple five minute kid oriented shows on youtube um so yeah I, uh, like i mentioned i came up with three ideas they said just come on you know come on down and and pitch whatever you want. Uh, you know, give us three ideas so we can have something to choose from. Um, all three ideas were as, you know, simple as Too Loud was, and Too Loud was the third idea, and they liked it, and they bought it. And just, I remember a couple, couple weeks after initially pitching them and getting the phone call saying, like, well, uh, well, we want to move forward with Too Loud, and just, like, you know, that's all they had to mention. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> just like That's, okay, cool. I, I just have never... I, I i pitched a lot um a lot of rejections and over the a decade or so and just to finally hear the exact opposite it yeah surreal is a good word for it um and obviously excitement uh super excited because like you know just as soon as i'm able to be told uh yeah you have a show now go ahead and make it you know just all the ideas just start flowing and you know all the characters, side characters, locations they could go, crazy adventures they could go on, and it all just comes from there. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, like you said, after hearing for years just kind of a no, sorry, we're gonna pass. That's just and such. The moment that you get a yes, I imagine that experience was a complete whirlwind for you to like be creative and to truly go forth and and bring something to the table that is just truly something
1: else. Yeah, I mean the first. You know, the first bunch of times you pitch anything, I don't think anyone gets a yes on their first try. So you just get used to hearing no. And then once you hear a yes, you're almost like, sorry, did you make a mistake? Did you mean to say no? Because I'm (laughs) used to hearing that. Wait, you said the opposite. Are you sure? Yeah, so... I wonder. Uh,
0: I wonder if some of these. This is just me speaking on my own thing. This is my own personal views. Whatnot. I wonder if studios have like a dedicated, just like no person, just like a person that they go to be like, "Hey, got a couple people that you need to say no to. You think you can handle it this time? Good. Gotcha." Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're really good at you know giving people bad news in the most you know kindest way. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say considering some of the the recent animation news, you could say good in the in the kindest oh, way, yeah. <laughs> but well, that's absolutely. That, that is a whole different story. Let's stick with the positives. Let's stick with too <laughs> loud. Now again, like I was saying, like I can imagine. How was the experience like for you to like bring these characters to life and bring these silly adventures to the world?
1: Um, it was it was fantastic. It was it, they were very um. Uh, I don't know if I just got fortunate or whatever, they were very hands-off, they were just like, you know, as long as, obviously as long as kids can watch it, and it's under five minutes, those are the only two rules, really, do whatever else you want, so they gave, um, they gave a lot of freedom, uh, really cool, uh, I didn't, you know, I wasn't setting to push any envelopes or anything, uh, I knew what this was supposed to be, so I, I always kept it, you know, all ages, kid-oriented, and um, I never really got any, like, big notes or no's or anything, really, from them. Um, they were pretty much into whatever I whatever I pitched to them. So, uh, um, I mean, at, at first it just started with um, six episodes, and they said, we'll see how those do, and then, you know, go from there. Um, so just those six, first six, they're really simple, really easy. They're all, you know, three four minutes, but maybe five minutes tops. And uh, it was, you know, how many (laughs) silly adventures can Jeffrey and Sarah get into while working at a library with having big, loud heads? Uh, um, You'll notice in season two, I was already kind of like, let's get them out of the library. Like there's barely any episodes where that takes place there. Like, I want to see them, you know, interact in other places. But uh, you know, those first six definitely had to be like, okay, like, you know, all have to be in the library. You know, just to set the show up and everything like that. So,
0: <laughs> right, absolutely. Is there a particular again? Is there a particular favorite moment or favorite episodes from your Too Loud Run that you can think
1: of? Um, as we get into sh- shows and everything, it's it's. I'm never a fan of like first episodes or first couple episodes because we're you know every the, the crew or whoever it is, they're all still figuring everything out. Yeah, you're trying Nothing to get is- your footing on getting the footing getting the characters down like i think too loud episode one is definitely the worst because it's just it's all set up right and it's and there's like barely any jokes there's barely like nothing and then you know by the time we get to season two that's where we're having fun and it's like okay we got all the establishment stuff out of the way all the characters are set up now we can actually have fun with it um i really love uh checked out it's the one where um their friend Logan has a book that's been checked out forever and they like put on spy suits and infiltrate his house to get the book back. And uh, Rich Evans and Mike Stoklosa from Red Letter Media are both in that one. Uh, that one's a really fun one. Um, the uh, I really like the season finale with Jeffrey's birthday. That's uh, one in real time, like Run Lola Run. Um, and it's in it's in real time. It actually is in five minutes. And there's even a little counter in the corners saying like how much time Sarah has left to go running and uh, getting Jeffrey a replacement birthday present before he uh, you know finds out uh, that her his present got ruined. Um, and then uh, there's kind of an infamous episode, the one where, where uh, trans episode where Jeffrey uh, becomes Desiree, and that actually kind of made a big splash and uh got a lot of um you know tr- pro trans websites uh, talking about it and it, it got on a list of like best trans representation and animation um it, which has only been around for you know <laughs> a few, few years or so right and, right and, yeah so uh that was, that was i think those those uh little handful of episodes are, are my favorites for sure
0: that's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Like, obviously, the the, the experience, especially with those characters, more than anything else. Like, the you really, you really. That's one of the things I've noticed. The more I delved into your stuff, you've had a hand in creating such unique characters that are truly memorable in one way or another. Like, I love the characters that you set up and like their interactions. You know, I don't know if it's just a a commendation of your writing or whatnot, or just how you set it up, but like your characters are some of the best part of your cartoons. And that's what I truly love coming back to
1: seeing what you produce. Thank you. Thanks so much. Characters are the, uh, it's, I mean, coming up with characters is, you know, most of the fun of making something is just coming up with these characters. And they're always, uh, you know, you always want to put, little bit of your at least a little bit of yourself in each of your characters Mm -hmm. um especially your main characters you know uh i always say if you put jeffrey and sarah together essentially you get me um or if you put ollie and scoops together it's essentially me um and even you know Even villains, obviously, you know, no one's a, you know, no one's an evil supervillain, but you always want to put some of your own flaws or your insecurities or whatever into, like, one of your villain characters. Um, Yeah, it's the best way to connect with your characters and, uh, you know, create something that's really from the heart, is to put a lot of yourself in your own characters or even, uh, you know, a lot of your uh, life experiences in the stories, stuff like that. Absolutely.
0: Well, speaking of characters, obviously, let's talk about a couple of characters that a lot of people these days would know you for. And that is the wonderful duo of Ollie and Scoops. Now, like I said, this is one that you're actually doing independently on your own. Why did you decide to go forth and just create these characters? Like what was more or less the spark for them? And why did you want to just go forth on your own and be like, I can do this?
1: I got really friggin sick of pitching them <laughs> and, and, and getting nose. Okay. So there's uh, like a good story for them. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I came up with those characters, Ollie and Scoops about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And um, they, I came up with them specifically to pitch. Um, I came up with them specifically for Nickelodeon um, at the time. And they still do. Whenever you pitch something, they Nickelodeon really wants two best friends um, if they're human, they have to be a kid. If they're an animal, they can be any age, but have a childlike personality or, you know, a childlike outlook. Um, you know, think SpongeBob. You know, he has a job. You know, he can drive a car, but, you know, he's very childlike. Um, and, uh, and, and then of the two best friends, one of them, a little more sense, common sense, and the other one either sillier or you know, dumber or, uh, scoops, isn't the dumb one, but you know, he, he, uh, you know, he, he's the one that usually kind of triggers the trouble, uh, that, that gets, uh, caused in the episode. Right. And then Ollie is usually the one that has to, you know, save the day, make things right. Um, so I came up with, the, I was like, okay, what are, um, you know, I got to make up two best friends. Uh, what are my two favorite types of cartoon characters? Funny animal, cute girls, funny animals, so I thought, you know, Ollie, nine-year-old girl, her pet Scoops, okay, great, girl and a cat, but what's the hook? You know, every show has to have a hook, something that makes it interesting. And then uh, I came up with this, all of Ollie and Scoops in about 10 minutes. It was a really successful 10 minutes. But um, <laughs> yeah, I got the hook, uh, what if Ollie is the only human in the whole world that can talk to cats and understand cats? And then I just kept going from there. Oh, because she can talk to cats, she gets to have all of these crazy adventures and gets to uh you know be a part of this uh and get to see the uh, secret underground cat society that that cats have that humans don't know about right. and uh you know she gets to go on all these special adventures because of her uh special ability um so and then yeah stories flowed from there absolutely and that's how I came up with them.
0: <laughs> see that was the thing that I was gonna like uh, initially say like whenever i was like watching Ollie and scoops, like this seems like a perfect, like, you know, cartoon for like a Nickelodeon or for like cartoon networks and something along the lines Thank that. You. Like, I get that like a
1: lot too. Uh, ever since we started making them, uh, I've always gotten like, this feels like a, like early nineties Nicktoon. I get yeah. that all the time. And that's, I love it. That's great. That's I... exactly what it's, you know, that that's it. That's what it's, um, made to be by someone who watched those cartoons when they came out and grew up with them. So it makes total sense that all and scoops would feel like an early nineties Nick tune. Right. I mean, if nothing else, it just
0: showcases that you understood, you understood the assignment and you executed it perfectly. But yet for some reason, the people that gave the assignment in a way are not the ones that appreciate it for some reason. Well,
1: well, um, I, I will give credit to Nick where it's due. They do like Alling and scoops. I have now pitched to them twice. And okay the past 10 years and the only thing that keeps getting in the way is is it's just bad timing okay um the first time it just keeps being you know accidentally too similar to something that they already have in the works or you know they they might already have too many cat characters at a time the first time I pitched, uh, it was a no just because uh, it, w- it was I made up All and Scoop specifically for the pitch program and they liked it. They had no notes, but they just said, you know, we have a thousand submissions and we can only pick 10 or 12 or whatever it was. And so, you know, it just it was just a matter of having too many people to, to pick. Fair. And then this most recent time. Uh, I mean, I'm talking in the last like month uh, I got a no just because they're working on another uh, they currently also have something in development that also stars a cat and they just said you know it might be too many shows about cats but we we still like Ollie and Scoops we, we can tell it's a special thing and you know that you have a lot of great ideas for it and we really like it but you know. I guess they just don't want two cat shows. Um, even if those two shows have nothing in common besides the species of the main character, but whatever. Uh I mean yeah, they, so
0: I mean they could have taken advantage and taken like the two, have them premiere on Saturday and call it Catterdays. Like sure. cart- yeah, Cartoon yeah. Catter days. Like that that it's right there, people.
1: <laughs> Same thing with Netflix. I pitched them to Netflix. That was like twenty seventeen, I think. Okay. And they said we, you know, again, really like it, but we have a show in development that's also a nine or 10 year old girl where her pet is her best friend. That show turned out to be Hilda. Um, oh. I don't see any similarity <laughs> between Hilda and Ollie and scoops besides the main character is a 10 year old girl, but, um, eh, uh. I, I, I it's not, it's, you just can't help it. If, um, you know, two things are uh, two, two projects are just a little too similar for the, uh, network's taste I guess That's fair. Um, so anyway years and years and years of pitching and I, I pitched to Nick, Netflix, Cartoon Network you know um, and uh, after a while I was just like well it was after Too Loud finished and um, I was like I'm, I need to work on something uh, of mine now that Too Loud is done otherwise I'm going to go nuts so I looked at older characters oh yeah all in scoops hey you know what It's I pitch them a lot Um, it's not going anywhere that that route you know I've saved up a lot of money Um, why not just make them myself and so that's what I did (laughs) and since 2019 we've been making uh, and scoops and now now you know uh, five years later we're we're 10 plus episodes in and I try to do a holiday song every holiday and uh, you know there's quickies now we're doing like one or two-minute-long quickie shorts uh, in between the full-length episodes, and um, there's merch, and it seems to have gotten a good following. Going going well, so uh, I'm glad I uh, stopped. I'm glad I stopped pitching. <laughs> just, you know, kind of just gonna do this on my own. Let's just make it. Let's just make these things.
0: I mean, more than anything else, like the the thing that I appreciate is the fact that you went forward and you just decided after so many different no's that if there's gonna be one person to give you yes, it's gonna be you no. yourself that's gonna make it a reality. Like how how daunting was it for you to go forth and make your own show? Because obviously, like, leading a team with the backing of, like, a DreamWorks or something like that behind you, like, is one thing. You know. But to go forth and to do this, like, on your own with, you know, your own two feet to stand on, like, how daunting of a task was it?
1: Not as daunting as normally because I had Too Loud already under my belt. Okay. And Too Loud was, like Happy Hour, my public access show – it was a great way to get my feet wet, you know, uh, uh, practice on having a, a crew, being the captain of the ship, you know, show running, directing, writing, doing everything, you know, pretty much. And um, because I had the experience with Too Loud already, by the time we got to Ollie and Scoops, it was pretty easy. I already, I used the, it's the same crew as Too Loud. Um, you know, uh, you're not gonna work perfectly with everyone so during too loud you know there was um a few employees that you know sometimes it just wouldn't work out uh trial and error until i got the perfect crew that worked great with me and then by the time too loud was done i had that crew so we just moved right on to in scoops and it was like nothing had ended and it was like nothing had began it was sort of just like a continuation and uh you know so yeah by the time we had i had that crew of you know 30, 40 people that, you know, worked, worked great with me. Um, Yeah. Starting uh, all in scoops. The the only real daunting part was that the budget wasn't coming from DreamWorks. It was coming from myself. But then at the same time, it was still kind of easy because I, you know, I just made sure to, Keep on top of the budget. <laughs> really, there you go. um
0: <laughs> At least, at least you understood the both top and bottom line on you know what you're able to do, and what you were able to to spend more yeah. than anything else.
1: I think if Ollie and Scoops was was made without Too Loud before it, and Ollie and Scoops was the first thing I ever made, I think it would not have gone as smoothly. It definitely would have been more daunting. Um, Probably the cartoons wouldn't be as good because I wouldn't have had the experience that I gained from Too Loud, you know, show running and managing a team of 30 or 40 people. So um, I feel like I got a lot of good practice with Too Loud. And then by the time Ollie came around, um, you know, we just kind of slid right into it and, and just kept, kept chugging along.
0: I mean, I think a, a certain thing that really helps with the show is like I said before, just in general, but especially with this show is the characters you kind of more or less develop like Ollie and Scoops. I, I love their chemistry and I love their like dynamic, like how important it was it for you, especially to nail the aesthetic when it comes to Ollie and Scoops themselves uh what
1: the, the, there would be no show if it wasn't for their relationship the whole show is it's you know you can say you know oh it's all the funny cats or you know it's the hook all ollie being able to talk to cats but really at the end of the day the whole show is and scoops is friendship they don't just i even say in my pitch bible you know they don't just they aren't just friends they complete each other mm-hmm. uh without one or the other you know the other is totally lost and uh you know w- together you know they're 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 the perfect package uh so um yeah it's really that 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 is the heart and idea behind the show and you know Ends up causing a lot of the conflict Uh, as the show goes on, you know, their friendship can go up and down, just like any, you know, realistic friendship. Um, Yeah, it's all it all comes back around to like them being best friends and and them being together. Um, And that's usually how, you know, an episode will start and end Um, whatever craziness happens in the middle. By the end, they will always their friendship will always be stronger than ever. Um, so, yeah, that's the most important part.
0: I mean, I also have to agree. like It also has to help that like the people that you have voicing these incredible characters really embody the characters and really bring them out to the fullest. Uh, <laughs> Kimmy, Robertson so. and, and, and Kimmy Robertson and Kimmy Robertson, Eric Bauza, if you guys are listening to this, you guys are doing a fantastic job really bringing these characters
1: to life. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Kimmy was always my first choice for Ollie. Okay. Um, I was always a Twin Peaks fan, and just her voice is so... It's so unique and 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 fun sounding. um, and it just it doesn't like I don't I mean, it just fits like it doesn't even sound like a kid, but for some reason, it just fits this nine year old animated girl really well, right? <laughs> um, and then, you know, scoops, scoops, uh, Sco- I always just thought of like um gobo Fraggle from Fraggle Rock. Uh, uh, voice. I always just thought of that for scoops. And uh, one day I was just, you know, when I was uh, casting the characters, uh, I was just texting with Bauza, and I was like, hey, out of all your voice actor friends, do you know anyone who can do um, Gobo Fraggle? <clears throat> and then a couple of minutes later, he responded with a recording text, and I just, and I pressed play, and it was him doing... You know, scoops Gobo perfectly, just going like, "I think I can do it, Neeks, or something like whatever he said. I was like, "Okay, great!" You know, you can do it. I, sh- I should have known from the beginning because Bowser can do any voice ever. So uh, yeah, that's how he became Scoops. Yeah, I was gonna say
0: <laughs> ba- Bowser, like again, like you know, just. Th- bowser is one of those like once in a generation unique voice talents i'm so gr- glad people especially oh, yeah. nowadays with the looney tunes animations especially oh, but nowadays God. people are truly loving and appreciating eric and what he does like it's it's oh. it's incredible
1: it's so i i feel like a proud dad even though he's <laughs> older than me but like i met him 20 years ago when he i think he might have done like one voice for the oh he was stimpy in the uh uh, Ren Stimpy reboot the whole uh, party he was Stimpy and that was it that, I did that's not, all he had at the time.
0: i did not realize that i
1: did <laughs> yeah um and then since then obviously he's just gone he does everything and now he's he bugs and daffy for christ's sake yep. you know like he's he's reached the top he is the new mel blank it's yes. it's really awesome
0: Especially with how much he shows a lot of love and love and support for the like the actors and the and the the just voice acting in general, like I feel like yeah. that is actually is true. And I mean, when you want to talk about voice actors, like I'm impressed with the the voice acting crew you've been able to get on board for this. Aside from Kimmy <laughs> yeah. and Eric having Greg Griffin, Dana Schneider, Mara Wilson, Jeffrey Combs, Stephen w- uh, Witt, uh, Brock Breaker, even having Craig McCracken narrate for a little bit, like yeah. that that <laughs> it's it's it has to be insane, like not just with the cast you have, but also the crew you've been having on board. Like it has to amaze you the, like all the people that you've been able to get on board to really bring this fun little cute idea to life.
1: Thank you. That actually reminds me. I've been wanting to post that clip on Twitter, but um, I was on, that was just being on kid cosmic and I would have worked with Craig every day. And I was like, uh, oh, the opening of my next Ollie and Scoops episode, it opens up very similarly to a Powerpuff Girls episode because it's just like, you know, the cityscape, the city mm-hmm. skyline, and then like a narration. And I was like, Craig, you did the original narrator voice in your Powerpuff Girls Whoop ass girls, uh, college film. Would you do the that same line for this opening episode of All In Scoops? You know, just you know, the city of you know, California, it was Townsville, but this one, California. And he was like, He's like, I'm not a voice actor, why would you <laughs> want to voice act that? And I was like, Because you did it in the original Powerpuff Girls, you know, short college film, it's just one line. He was like, if you want me to ruin your cartoon, okay. He did fine. <laughs> but, you know, he did totally fine. But, uh, yeah, it was, that, that was really cool to get, you know, him to do his iconic Powerpuff Girls opening and and have him actually do it. That was really awesome. Uh, but yeah, um, gosh, so many, you know, Dana Snyder, you know, I'm a huge Aqua Teen fan. And, yes. You know, Master Shake in there. And, uh. Uh, you know Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton. Uh, the latest All in Scoops episode has both of them, and that's a little uh, reanimator reunion. One of my favorite '80s horror movies, yes. reanimator, um, and they're the, both the stars of that. And they they both play uh, uh, the parents of the creepy girl. Also, yeah, Mara Wilson is the creepy girl. You know, uh, uh, all, all us uh, our generation, you know, knows her as Matilda, um, the '90s Matilda movie. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire the youngest uh, girl in that movie yeah she's she's they're all great all amazing (laughs) <laughs> and, and, like,
0: and like and it also extends to the crew, obviously, like, really the crew that you've amassed together to really bring forth such a really professional-looking, like, cartoon more than anything else. Like, really outstanding, really stunning, you know, visuals that you have. Like, example, like you said, that recent episode, whenever, spoiler alert, but whenever, like, we see kind of the haunting happening inside the cornfield and such, like, all the different elements of that from the sound to the backgrounds and just the aesthetic, like, it, it's... I it was just golden. I absolutely love that episode. I Thank especially I love Thank that little much. sequence.
1: Thanks. <laughs> that was that was yeah, super fun. Uh, oh my gosh, I could just reminisce all day. But uh, <laughs> you know, we got the Red Letter Media guys as Bronk and Merle. You know, Rich Evans and Mike mm-hmm. Um Gosh. I mean, so many, so many pals, uh, Vivian, my friend Viv from has been hotel. Yep. She's, she's, uh, one of the, one of the, she's poopsie, one of the, the rich little spoiled brat cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like it's, again, it goes back to what I was originally saying. Like it has to be insane. Like just thinking of like, especially the, the quality that you put out forth and more than anything else. Like, does it amaze you more or less just how, how do I want to word this? Like. In your mind, like seeing the output that you've been able to have with uh, Ollie and Scoops, like does it amaze you more or less the quality you're able to put out there into the world?
1: It always amazes me how talented my team of animators are. Like, um, uh, I, I I hate to name names because then I will forget people. I don't want anyone to feel bad. I just shout out to my whole crew, but I have to i have to single out Zerol, uh josh palmer oh yeah um, it's just like his animation just blows me away um i can't believe it he came in uh towards the end of too loud season one and i hadn't even seen his animation he was just recommended to me you know i was like okay I, I just need real help really quick on these shots because we're you know we're, we're stressed. We're, we're, we're rushing here to finish this. And then he turned in his first scene and I was like, where have you been all my life? (laughs) I I wasn't anticipating the animation to be like feature quality. Um, So, you know, I I love everyone. I I, I hate to like not just sit here and list names, but we'll be here forever. But Josh, uh, you know, especially is just like such a talented guy. Um, So yeah, when I see, you know, the animation for in scoops, especially all edited together in, in a, you know, completed, uh, uh, you know, project. It, 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 it just, I, I, th- I think it looks great I mean, <laughs> I I, I, in I, YouTube animation. You know, I think it looks pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that actually, honestly, leads to another point. Like you kind of mentioned like having, you know, Viv and, and, you know, Zero like helping out with your project and stuff and then seeing how you are on the internet. You know, more than willing to lend a hand out to people that are trying to go forth with their own projects and, you know, helping them out, whether it be like one on one pitches or like just trying to do what you can to promote certain people. Like, how important is it for you, not just as an indie animation creator, but as an animation lover yourself? How important is it for you to, to help out in the animation scene as you have been? Like, how important is it for you to really put yourself out there and really try to help people bring their vision
1: to life? extremely important uh, I think that I, I love that we're sort of in like a I don't even know if it's like a renaissance or a golden age because renaissance would mean that there had been a dark age before it but you know uh, I, I, we're in a period right now where like where, where uh, indie animation is really thriving online uh, you know YouTube new Newgrounds you know all that all that great all those great outlets um, but uh, just to be a part of it is still an honor <laughs> there's so many great creators and you know everyone's you know everyone kind of going for broke and trying to do their own thing and putting it out there and uh you know nowadays it's easier than ever with with youtube you can just put whatever you make on and instantly everyone around the entire world can see it yeah and give feedback <laughs> and, let the, and let them know what they think you know um i, I love that uh Uh, uh, you know, they always say, don't read the comments, but I don't know when it comes to my content, I like to hear what people think. And I like to hear their, their feedback, you know, positive or negative. So, um, I always try to not say, even though the show is for all ages, um, I hate that YouTube, uh, disables comments. If you make it, uh, uh, you know, for kids, if you meant, if you. You click that it's for kids. Uh, they get rid of the comments. And I was like, well, that is, no, I, wanna, I want to, I want I, to, because I, I like to connect with the audience and know what they're thinking about it and saying. So I always, you know, <laughs> classify audience scoops as for adults, even though it's totally not. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and also uh, I could I uh, when we, you were I want to make a quick note about cuz you were mentioning earlier about you know the style of the animation and everything um you know I I a lot, a lot of times uh, obviously the episodes take a long time and there's a really you know sometimes it can't help having a really big wait in between new episodes um I could change the style of animation and just make all scoops all puppeted and rigged and you know in flash and probably bust out a new episode every week but that's just not the animation that i want the show to be i want it to be as actually hand-drawn you know old school as possible and uh you know unfortunately that means that uh episodes can take a long time but i think in the end it's worth it because it just looks so you know good and uh, again, old school. Uh, again, Looney Tunes and you know yeah. classic cartoons. I don't want all-in scoops to look like you know puppeted and. Uh... Super digital looking and stuff like that You know
0: I mean there's a, certainly a time and place For some of those like animations yeah, like that I absolutely. mean I was I was gonna say like you said yourself you're a Fan of uh, Aqua Team Hunger Force and I think It, yeah. it being competent worked out for it but honestly Like all skips to me And you can correct me if I'm wrong in saying this Although I feel like I'm right when I'm saying it feels like More or less a love letter to those classic cartoons To those cartoons that you love more than anything else yeah. Just kind of that that the classic Dynamic the, the fun little adventures Like the different kinds of characters and different Hijinks that they were going on in different different episode like that's one of the things that really comes through more than anything else with every single episode that i've watched with all these scoops like you you've really put a lot of heart and soul not just for the love of animation but for the love of these characters in 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 general like i think you do a fantastic job with that
1: thank you Thanks a lot. <laughs> that means a lot. I'm
0: just I'm just being honest with you. Like I I know it's probably hard to pick it because it's like picking your favorite child, but I'll mm-hmm. ask again, do you have a personal favorite moment or a personal favorite episode from Ollie and Scoop so far?
1: Um, you know, I tend to my favorites always tend to be whatever the newest one is. That's valid. Um, That's very valid. <laughs> that was always the case with um the public access show mm-hmm. it was always like a lot of friends would ask like what's your favorite episode i'm like the newest one the one we just made yeah because i think it's just you know it's it's the best compared to uh when we started you know or the older they are um you know i really love and all in scoops is actually uh i tried really hard because like i mentioned earlier i'm never a fan of episode ones because it's just all setting everything up uh, but um, I managed to make the first episode of Ollie and Scoops actually fun yeah. uh, while setting things up. It, you know, it is actually still fun and wacky and and stuff like that. Uh, who, but who, um,
0: who knew that bacon, 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 uh, bacon pizza would cause oh, so
1: much chaos? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and you know, yeah. Also, try to have a you know a moral or a, something where the characters grow or learn or succeed in something. You know, that one is uh, Ollie. Uh, you know, think uh, realizing that she's you know still growing, still a kid, and can't do everything on her own. Because then you know she tries to do something on her own, and it ends up being a big uh, cat catastrophe with all the cats having a big you know party in their house and stuff like that. Um, if I had to choose an episode, I would just say the newest one, episode ten. Uh, yeah. I really love horror uh, comedy also. Um, that's just like. I like it better than just straight-up comedy and just straight-up horror. I really love horror comedy. I don't know why. I just I, – I've always been attracted to that. So um, whenever I get to uh, do, like, a spooky episode of whatever show I'm working on for my day job or, you know, all in scoops, episode 10 is kind of like a – it's it's a Halloween episode. Um, yeah, I just love that. I love doing, like, you know, creepy stuff, <laughs> infusing that in the, uh, you know – all ages content I mean, it's fun it,
0: it certainly did come through with that episode especially i mean for goodness sakes like the the, the main antagonist was spoiler alert people but the main antagonist was abner cornfellow of all places of all people yeah. like it's kind of hard yeah, to is, like <laughs> like
1: possessed um, by a haunted videotape <laughs> um and it becomes some weird like some weird guy from like 800 ad the year 800 or something like that and who's just like obsessed with corn and cornfields and um just some weirdo but yeah that's somehow possessed a vhs tape in a video store
0: central Uh, i was was gonna say cornfield sounds like central illinois to me anyways i i mean obviously you've been doing a lot of incredible work with ollie and scoops i mean you're even introducing the new quickies now which is absolutely just fun like the the both minimalist way to provide the maximum amount of fun in a good couple minutes. But like, I'm genuinely curious, what is the goal for all these scoops at this point forward? Like, you know, obviously you put a lot into it. Like, are you going to keep, how, are you, how much further independently you're going to try to keep producing this? Or are you going to try to like, see if a studio would want to pick up? Like, what is your ultimate goal with all these scoops?
1: Well, now that uh, we have 10 episodes as of this past summer, um, that's what I've been doing the past few months is uh, I said, you know what? Let's take a break. We've got 10 episodes now. I'm going to go back to pitching. And so I've, I've just been shopping it around L.A. Uh, the last few months. Um, I'm still waiting to hear back from multiple places. Um, you know, if something happens, uh, that would be the next step that I would like would be for Ollie and Scoops to be, you know, an actual studio production and have it be a show on, you know, whatever netflix or nick or whatever but um if nothing happens uh um i i say i'm happy it's just going the route we've been going and just keep keep making them uh you know keep making independent episodes um and uh, on youtube uh so um you know if it goes that route uh i'm sure something bigger will happen in in time but uh you know if they if they just keep going at the uh rate that they're going right now where they're where audience Scoops is just an indie cartoon on YouTube I'm still totally fine with that I'm, and I'm happy with that because um, as it is right now that that's what it is and it's been so rewarding already and you know I'm, I'm, I'm immensely thankful for the, the audience and the fans that it already has. Um, yeah, I could keep making all in scoops forever. And I, I plan to, <laughs> I never want to stop making all in scoops because they, they turned out to be my favorite characters. So, um, you know, I wouldn't ever want to stop e- even, even though there's a long wait in between episodes, um, that doesn't mean that, you know, i quit or stopped making them. Sometimes it just takes time.
0: <laughs> I mean that I mean this is animation we're talking about here. It's not yeah. like you can, you know, snap a finger and all of a sudden the animation as much as, you know, certain people out there want to make that the reality. That's not how it works, people. Um... Right.
1: <laughs> the only time I get really bummed is if I if a new episode comes out and I get comments like like um like oh, I thought you stopped making this or like oh, oh. it's been, uh, it, it, it's been so long since the last one. I thought you guys uh, gave up or or like where, where's it been or like i thought this ended you know a year and so you know it's just a bummer because it yeah it takes a long time and um when when it when there's such a wait in between episodes um the reality of it is just people forget and you have to remind them so uh you know <laughs> i'm happy to do that but yeah sometimes it takes a long time either with animation itself taking a long time or it taking a long time to get the the funds needed right. to keep making more, which is where I'm at right now. Um, currently, I need more funds if I want to make more episodes. So that's what I <laughs> that's what I'm working on right now. That's
0: why if you guys want to see more alien scoops, there's like a merch shop and all this stuff. You know, we yeah, can we, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which reminds me, as soon as I get paid next, I'm definitely getting like some pins and stuff, adding it to the pin board. Yeah, I got oh, I, thank you <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> I mean, like, just even thinking, like, whether it is with Ollie and Scoops or your editing work or even beforehand, just thinking just all the way back to whenever you were first a fan of animation, thinking of your art journey as a whole, does it amaze you more or less how far you've been able to come along as an artist?
1: It does, um, especially just, I mean, during this podcast, you've, reminded me like how much stuff I've done and <laughs> like I said earlier like wow I'm not even 40 yet like that's yeah. crazy that, that is really cool to think of just how much I've already done and I'm not even halfway through my career yet so you know yeah it's very it's humbling and also really exciting for the next stuff that'll be happening the next chapter uh where where to go from here you know um there's always going to be uh, you know, I'm always going to be making all-in scoops or more cartoons. I have, you know, uh, a, a lot of a lot of the time people don't even ask this, but um, I have way more ideas besides oh, all-in scoops too loud. It's just, a, you know, it's just a matter of making them. Uh, they're just not made yet. But, uh, yeah, I have plenty of ideas uh, on the back burner as well. Lots of characters, um, lots of fun, you know, stories and relationships and stuff like that uh but you know hey we got all the time in the world to make them (laughs) that
0: is true that is true i mean you know just like i guess people probably don't ask that a whole lot because you put a lot of time and emphasis emphasis especially in Ollie and scoops these days but it's not like you know you're not always creating and you're not always like developing something like i'm i'm genuinely curious now that you did bring it up if you had mm-hmm. an opportunity to work on one thing other than Alien and scoops is there a particular idea that you think you could like that you would love to bring to fruition
1: I have a few. I have, um, it's, it, it sounds a little similar to Too Loud. That's only because I created it at the same time. Um, but it's a It's a teenage boy and girl that work in the world's last video store. If, you know, if there oh. was like one last video store. Um, kind of, you know, the two teens working at a job kind of thing. But, you know, it, it's totally different from Too Loud. Uh, but that show is called Rewind. Um, yep. I, I have, um, actually, uh, I have uh, two characters that predate Ollie and Too Loud, that's Scribble and Scarfy. It's two like mm-hmm. hipster girls who live in LA. That's definitely a more mature audience's uh, idea. Okay. But, just, you know, two girls' misadventures of two 20 yeah, year olds. Uh, um, and then the old, some of the oldest characters, um, I don't really know how this would work legally, but there are characters that we had in Happy Hour in our public access show. It's Leatherface and Jason, <laughs> Jason Voorhees and Leatherface. And, you know, the old like there's been tons and tons and tons of ideas what if this character and this character were roommates Mm. it's called room 666 but we take it we take it in a different direction where like they used to be you know murderous psychopaths and now they're just kind of like ready to join normal society but everyone is still scared by them because they look creepy um uh, uh but you know, we came up with so many stories for this. It sounds really dumb and like a waste of time, but it, it actually like I don't know. I really like those characters that we 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 kind of, you know, rejiggered them and they look like Leatherface and Jason, but we really like honed down these new, really fun personalities for them. And um, I can't I can only talk so much about it. You'd have to just see it, but. Um, I would really love for that to be a cartoon or, you know, they were live action videos that it was my brother and I, he was Leatherface and I was Jason. But, um, you know, if that became, you know, if we kept doing that acting it or if that became like an animated version, again, they're copyrighted characters. So who knows? But um, I have a lot of ideas for them, too, uh, that are really, really fun. Uh, I would love for that to be something someday, too.
0: I feel like if you can find a way to talk to the right people and if you had the proper <laughs> funding behind it to really, you know, work with the IPs or whatnot, that would yeah. be just that would be just so fun. Like you just even describing that last little bit right there of like these, these two horror icons just trying to live life mm. while everyone else thinks of them as like obviously the people that murder. That yeah. th- th-
1: th- th- They're common. really sorry and they just wanna like, <laughs> hey, you know, just you know, let's just forget, let's have a clean slate and, and just, you know, kind of it's these horror characters trying to just be a part of society, right. but no one will let them, you know, and there's that's their struggle is just trying to, you know, <laughs> every, everyone's still so scared of what they did in the past or what they look like or whatever. Everyone just freaks out whenever they see them exactly. and they're just trying to be two normal guys. Exactly. Exactly.
0: But How about for this next question, FMA, I I know you kind of talked about, you know, what the next step would be. How about I give you more or less the next step that you could only dream of? And give you, Nico, more or less, the dream scenario. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags right here. I come up to you and I'm like, look. Nico, we know you can do some absolutely incredible stuff. We've seen the work that you've had a hand in, and we've seen your stuff that you've been able to produce independently. We know there's a potential goldmine for some incredible content here. You just need that little extra, you know, push, a little extra platform to really bring that vision to fruition. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible, and more money than there should be possible. We really should be compensating the animators. They've been working hard on this stuff, and, you know, the, the, the project. We'll focus on them in a little bit. Right now, we are focusing on you and you alone. If given this opportunity, what would be the Dream Nico Colaleo project?
1: Well, Ollie and Scoops are my favorite characters, as I mentioned. So I think it would just be like, like a studio production of that. Just, just taking them from indie YouTube shorts and making them into, like a you know a studio produced cartoon. Uh, not only that, uh, but I would just love to have my own physical animation studio where all my friends and all my artists and writers and everybody, we all, you know, (laughs) went to Monday through Friday, like a real job, all working together in a little little animation powerhouse, like, you know, my own termite terrace. That's what the Looney Tunes uh, studio, that's what they called it. Mm -hmm. But um, just have like my own little, powerhouse studio where we would not only make all in scoops, but, you know, all my other ideas and uh, just, and then not just my stuff, but other people's, uh, you know, indie ideas, their dreams, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess like places like Titmouse and Six Point Harness, you know, are, are, are this too. They're, they're, they're indie studios where they not only make their own ideas, uh, but people can come to them and uh, get their stuff made too. So um, I think that's the ultimate dream is like, yeah, like an all against scoops, you know, bigger production, but then also having like my own physical animation studio to not only make my own stuff, but also other people can come and and make their stuff too. And we all just make like, we all just make cartoons. That's what I want to do. We should all have just like our own, like, our own uh, desert island (laughs) where, the, but where we all just, like, you know, make cartoons and make the world a better place. <laughs> it,
0: it, it could be that mm-hmm. island that I brought for the icebreaker question. That's our perfect little paradise right there. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. That's my man. That, that was the word I was looking for, a, par- a desert paradise. There you go. There you <laughs> go.
0: I'll say, hey, maybe me and uh, me and Tipsy can, can hop on board with that so we can create our um, horror comedy indie animated idea that we've been trying to so hard to crowdfund for called The Evil Little Thing. Has she, has she had an opportunity to pitch this to you?
1: No. Ooh. I want to hear about
0: it, it basically like the 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 one-line elevator pitch is imagine if 19 1950 suburbia a couple of demonologists summon a demon goat in order to try to find one of their sisters that has gone missing. Chaos ensues. More okay. or less. Like basically yeah. like, ugh, I'll show you. This is the this is the little demon goat himself. His Aww. name is Nemo. Exactly. <laughs> It's one that's of, adorable. Yeah, you would not believe it, but this person could destroy society if he really wanted to. So our little demon, all you know, demonologist couple, they're trying their best to to figure out why he is the key to finding you know uh, one of the, their sister or whatnot. And yeah, like I said, chaos ensues.
1: That's awesome. What, what's it called again? The evil little thing. Okay, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I mean. I definitely got I, I, I would love to have a studio where you could bring ideas like that and, yeah. and get them made. <laughs> I,
0: I, I got to show you this stuff because, like, at the time that we're recording, we're at the tail end of us trying to crowdfund on Indiegogo uh, to try mm. to work on the pilot and such. Like, we have the pilot written out. Luckily, Tipsy asked me to help her out with the, the writing for that. We've gotten our cast, like, down. We've got a good crew, like, developed or whatnot. But obviously, you know, any help is would be more or less appreciated. But even then, like, just you, like, this idea, I. I have loved it ever since I first heard about it when Tipsy, I first talked to Tipsy before she helped me out with the podcast. It, it's a mm. really cool idea just having this kind of like 1950s, 1950s normal suburbia output or whatnot. Mm. Just being absolutely chaotically <laughs> destroyed by a tiny little demon goat that, again, could destroy us, but instead just spends his days watching TV, being a squeaky, like literally, like, land, like, cut like lands on the ground you hear like the, the classic squeaky toy squeak. All right. Like
1: oh, <laughs> it looks like you'd make that sound. Exactly, right?
0: Tipsy's <laughs> very good with the character design. Um <laughs> but sadly we gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality and I'll ask the ever so generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself in say five to ten years from now?
1: Um I I will uh I, I mean I've already sold uh Too Loud, but uh usually my answer is um, you know, yeah, five to ten years by now, uh sell uh, successfully selling a pitch. There you go. Um I I I I I consider Too Loud that, but um, you know, that was a you that was a short, you know, that was YouTube shorts for kids. Um and um uh, you know that I have successfully pitched, but I would also like to successfully pitch a uh, you know a TV show, a regular TV show, right? Or movie? Hey.
0: either or. I mean, like obviously, there's you know YouTube shorts, especially these days, are nothing to scoff at. But I can't imagine yeah. just just having the title of being a network TV show
1: showrunner more than anything else yeah. is
0: is like an ultimate dream more than anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, in the next 10 years, I, I, I didn't, uh, uh, it would, I, I guess like the quickest answer, the simplest answer would just be, uh, you know, working primarily on my own stuff and not on other people's stuff. Not that I don't like working on other people's stuff. Right. But I always thought like by 40 or 45, I would really love to uh, not be editing on other people's shows anymore and be only working on my stuff. So we'll see.
0: Well, there you go. That I mean, that's an ultimate thing to strive for more than anything else. Um, <laughs> as we start to wind down the interview, Nico, I just have one last question I want to ask you. Obviously, more. you are deeply entrenched in art in one way or another. We've established that from the very start, whenever you had that love of the old cartoons, like the Looney Tunes and, you know, the, the stuff that you grew up with, with the Steven Spielberg cartoons or with the Simpsons and such. How important is art not just for you, but for the world as a whole?
1: Uh, we're nothing without it we need it (laughs) Uh, we need art we need culture we need weirdness we need interesting fun entertaining things otherwise uh there's just all the fun is sucked out of the world (laughs) um yeah
0: you know what that very simple (laughs) but as wonderfully worded if i do say so myself Thanks. (laughs)
1: um, thanks. <laughs>
0: that is all the questions I have for you, Nico. I've already showered you with a whole bunch of praise, but I want to show you a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do what I want. Um <laughs> uh, oh, <thanks.
1: laughs>
0: like I said, Nico, whatever Tipsy first let me know that you were interested in even coming on the podcast. I was instantly just excited knowing kind of the, the hand you've had, especially nowadays with the indie animation scene. I mean, Alien Scoops is a good testament of that with just how incredible professional, but also like very very what's the I'm looking for like very h- heartfelt it is a very heartfelt cartoon that I'm glad to see is out there on the internet for everyone to see if they haven't seen it before. I highly recommend people do see it like it will it will make your day better no matter what in my opinion
1: oh, oh thank you
0: here getting a chance <laughs> to sit down awesome. <laughs> getting, a, <laughs> getting a chance to sit down with you getting a chance to really learn more or less like what got you up to this point and really hear about kind of the influence that all this stuff has and how much it really means to you. It, it makes me like truly love and appreciate you to a different level at this point. Like you, it's incredible to know that there are, wholesome incredible people like yourself working in this industry, trying to make it like truly something special, not just, you know, another paycheck for some people or not just, you know, something, but like you, you really want to see this medium, like grow and develop into something incredible that can inspire generations from here on out. Just like cartoons in the past have influenced the generation that we are in today. And it's incredible to know that that love and support really comes through in your work, whether you're helping out other people with their stuff or you're producing your own things. Um, the long and the short of it, Nico, is thank you for what you do. It is truly loved and appreciated, and I know you have several people that have your back, but just know that I also have your back as well, and I'm excited you're and awesome. hoping for whatever you're producing next, because I know it's going to be absolutely fantastic.
1: Hey, that's incredibly kind of you. Thank you so much. I'm just <laughs>
0: I'm just being 100% honest, alright? that. that, that, that well, I already have you here, why would I lie to you? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Now, if people want to see what exactly I'm gushing about more than anything else, and you want people to to see just the incredible stuff, go ahead and plug your stuff for the people at home.
1: Oh, uh, I uh, yeah, I uh, search uh, YouTube uh, for audience and Scoops, uh, or it's YouTube. What is it? youtubecom slash NicoAnimation. Yeah. Um, we have a GoFundMe. Uh, it's uh, you know more like a digital tip jar more than like oh this is our goal and if we don't meet the goal we don't get to make the cartoon it's not like like that it's more so just you know hey if you like ollie and scoops send five bucks and you know just tell us you love it you know something like that i look at it as a digital tip jar but uh, that's an ollie and scoops GoFundMe. um i'm sure you can find it just by googling um uh i don't know i'm on twitter and instagram it's just my name nico colaleo both places um that's where you can find you know updates or behind the scenes stuff or on whatever i am working on or did work on um yeah i think that's pretty much it all yeah. in scoops is the main thing so i was gonna say <laughs>
0: eh, for whatever reason you did miss any links i'll be sure to have them in the description below i got you covered more than anything else. thank you do you have <laughs> any final words before we sign off
1: um thank you so much for having me and uh long live animation (laughs) long
0: live animation that is a wonderful way to end with that all i have left to say is for the people at home if you can pay your artists (laughs) absolutely Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time watching, I sincerely do appreciate it. Um, Nico, if you've gotten to this point, sincerely thank you for all you're able to provide, both for indie animation and also for our interview. It was sincerely a fun and insightful chat that I will truly cherish. Um, I cannot sincerely thank you enough for for your time, more than anything else. Uh, For everyone else, I sincerely hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, regardless, I mean, it was, it was a sincerely fun chat and it's chats like these that I sincerely love and cannot get enough of no matter what. Which is why, uh, it, it pains me to say that, um, if you, if you haven't seen the announcement on Twitter, um, after today's episode, I'm going to be taking a bit of a hiatus. Uh, it's, it's not a creative burnout thing. It's, it's not a lack of guests. Trust me. It's not that, um, It's more of a financial thing, to just be blunt. Um, I'm sure you may have noticed that with all the thumbnails, you know, I've said it before on the podcast, and I'll say it now, with every single episode, I try to compensate the artists if I can whenever I have them do the thumbnail. And normally it's not that big of a deal. I'm normally able to do that thanks to the incredible living situation that I'm in. Um, I, I don't take that for granted one bit. However, with uh, recent finances really popping up, uh, student loans with them being unpaused really screwing me, Uh, work being a little slower than it usually is, Uh, just an amalgamation of all sorts of different aspects, I, I I have to pause putting out the episode, putting out episodes for the podcast. It really pains me to do that. Uh because I sincerely love these conversations, I sincerely cherish these conversations more than anything else it It really sucks, but i it's just so I can recoup a little bit of my finances and then I can come back making sure that I can do this consistently like I always do. Um, I mean, <laughs> it sucks. That I have to do that at the end of what is, regardless, I consider a great year. Like, I know the podcast is only, like, you know, three years old at this point. But I can easily say that this past year was the best year for the podcast so far. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, the previous year may have had, like, the biggest episodes and stuff. But honestly, the quality of the conversations we've had, the output that we've had the consistent quality of guests that we've been able to bring on like 2023 was a fantastic year for the podcast and I do not take that for granted one bit um and I really wanted to come into 2024 like coming out swinging doing some incredible stuff but my my fan my finances yeah words are wonderful my finances just cannot keep up with it for the time being and it really sucks because I hate doing that for you guys more than anything else. I, I will always love and cherish these conversations, but you know, I just can't. I mean, I if if I hate to put it bluntly like this, but if the podcast was more of a money producer, this would not be an issue. It's just that with the viewership that I have with these incredible conversations, I don't get compensated enough for it. To put this in perspective, I have been monetized on this channel since July of 2022. Now, YouTube will not allow you to take out money from the podcast from YouTube unless you make a hundred bucks. I have not earned a hundred bucks since July of 2022, according to the algorithm and according to my viewership. The merch is not a hot seller. I only have two people on my Patreon. Thank you, Jacob, and thank you, Wiley. And, again, like I said, with the real-life stuff, with work being hectic, student loans really rearing their ugly head, and all this kind of stuff, it's hard for me to keep up for the time being. The fact that I've gotten to a point where I've had to scrape by paycheck to paycheck while making sure that the artists are compensated. This is nothing against the artists themselves. I, I, I... the reason why I'm taking this hiatus is to make sure that I can compensate these artists so I can make sure that they get the proper respect and proper credit that they deserve. That's that's why I want, I want to make sure that I can pay them. That's why I want to make sure that if they are going to do something, I can make sure that they are easily compensated for it. That's nothing against the artists themselves. It's nothing against their prices. It's nothing against how they're charging me. That's just how this works. I've always been a champion of if you can pay your artists. Well, right now, I can't pay my artists. And it hurts me that I can't, but... You know, this is just a little sacrifice that I have to make. My goal is to hopefully be back by February. At the very least, I want to make sure I can get an episode out for Indie Animation Day in February. February 16th. But I can't guarantee anything. Um, If there's some way I can find some sort of alternative, or I just save up until I feel secure starting episodes up again then that's what it's going to take. I'm sorry to do that to you guys, but that's just the nature of this you know, content creation thing. I'm sure the artists out there can understand that there's only so much that art can help you out with when it comes to the financial aspect of the shitty economy and bullshit. I mean, I'll still be lingering around. I'm still going to be active online. I just won't be pushing episodes out. If anything, I'm going to try to see if I can get another episode of Google Trendy out. Um, Which, if you guys haven't had an opportunity to watch, I sincerely hope you take the opportunity to go and watch. It it was a fun little concept that I definitely want to do again. Uh, Or maybe I could just do another, you know, just bonus episodes where I just get a bunch of people and we just do another draw pile. I want to make sure that I at least put. I'm sorry. Sorry. I at least want to make sure that I put something out for you guys. Um, I can't guarantee when I'll be back with new episodes like I usually do. But just know that it's not because I'm done with this podcast. It's not because I have grown tired of the content that I'm pushing out. It's quite the opposite. It's because I want to make sure that I keep pushing out this content. I just financially can't. I mean, if you guys want to help me out, just check the links in the description below. You know, buy merch, because I I sincerely love the merch that we are selling, and there are so many incredible pieces that will look fantastic. Be a part of the Patreon. I know I have been slacking on putting stuff on there, but maybe if I see a few more people on there, I'll be more motivated to put some stuff on there. You know, hell, if you want, if we're close, if we're good buddies, just message me and, like, see how you can just give me money. Uh, Don't do that, please. I don't want your guys' money that way. But, like I said, the merch of the Patreon or whatnot, just... Any way that you can help, that would be greatly appreciated. But until then, I'm gonna go quiet on the YouTube front and on the Spotify front for a couple weeks. But that doesn't mean that I am gone. It just means I'm I have to take a break to get my financial finances in a row. While I'm gonna be stopping, that doesn't mean you guys need to be stopping. Artists out there, please keep up the incredible work, alright? 2023 take it or leave it it was either really good or really bad I mean trust me there's so much chaos in the world which by the way I'm going to bluntly say it, if anyone has anything against it you can unsubscribe I do not care free Palestine that, that, that bullshit just it's not a political issue anymore it's human rights issues there should not be this many innocent civilians absolutely massacred um, but back to my original point You know, you guys going into this new year, I sincerely hope nothing but the best for all of you. I sincerely hope you get those opportunities. I sincerely hope you put out incredible pieces. I sincerely hope you're able to finish that project you have been wanting to to bring out to the world. And I sincerely hope that you guys are able to get the love and respect for the hard work that you put into your stuff. All right. Keep up the incredible work. Keep up that love and support. And please keep keep being creative. I'll see you guys when I get back. I promise it won't be long. All right. I love you all. Keep up the incredible work.